a discussion of life and theology from First Baptist Church in Portland, Tennessee. This is the First Word Podcast. Welcome to the First Word Podcast. This is our second episode. I am Jacob. I am David. We're so glad you have tuned in for a second time um, where we discuss life and theology and silly things. I don't know. Um, We just converse over matters. (laughs) Matters that matter to you. (laughs) Yes. And we're going to start off with today the topic of family discipleship. And, And really, this is a great topic. I mean, it affects your life, affects my life, but most people think, I believe, family discipleship is only if I have children. Yeah. And Jacob, I don't believe that it's just for those families that have children. I think it goes for single mothers, single fathers, um, widowed family, widowed parents, widowed uh, spouses, sorry, Um, even our multi-generational older um, couples. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, family discipleship is something that is part of our discipleship sanctification process. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So this is this is for everybody, not just with for families with preschoolers or you and I are in a different um, we're in different stages of life. That's right. You are older than me. <laughs> to say it nicely, only by number, man. <laughs> you know, true. true. Yes. No, no. <laughs> I think you have more gray than I do. Okay. But I do have more hair. Too. That is correct. So, okay. That is absolutely correct. So but we're on a podcast. So all I hear is our voice. That's so correct. none of that matters. <laughs> the gray <laughs> or the, yep. So I have grade school and preschoolers in my home, three kids, uh, a second grader, and then two, um, under the age of grade school. And you have teenagers. That's correct. I have a senior in high school and a freshman in high school. Okay. So we have two different perspectives, um, and I'll, I'll share some of what, what we do. We do try to take family discipleship seriously. Um, you and I both have the same theological background. We graduated the same seminary. Um, we've had some of the same professors. And yes. So I know how strongly family discipleship was pushed um, in our education. It was a big thrust at the time. Um, Timothy Paul Jones oh, yeah, yeah. was, uh, you know, he wrote the book, um, Family Ministry Field Guide, and the big push for family discipleship. Don Whitney wrote the book, uh, what is it, Family Worship? Family Worship, yeah. A really small book, an easy book. Uh, you know, someone has asked, are we going to start buying these books and making them available? No, we're just giving you these resources because they're easily accessible. You can go out there and grab those at any time. Family Worship by Donald Whitney is a very small book, easy book to read. Yeah, very accessible for anybody. Yeah. And so I would highly recommend that. By the way, um, different books we may or may not mention uh, today on this podcast, uh, we have created a web page on our, our church website where you can go in and look at resources and uh, get those yourself for your family. But go to fbcportland.org slash family discipleship. One word, fbcportland.org slash family discipleship. And, and you can see a, a plethora of resources there. But family worship, um, how, how would you, well, not just family worship, but family discipleship. What, what does that mean to you? Family discipleship is one of those things that was given to us 
through Scripture, through the responsibility of Scripture. And, and I'm going to break it down even further because family discipleship, you can look in Scripture and do a word search and it's never mentioned. But God gave roles to his creation, gave roles to men, gave roles to women. And to the men, he gave a role of being leaders in the home. Uh, being leaders to his creation, um, being an ambassador to his creation. So family discipleship, as it's always understood, as God told him to be fruitful and multiply, was that the man would continue to lead his family well and knowing who God is and understanding who God is. Well, that's even the mandate before the fall. Absolutely. Absolutely. that's, That's an original good creation mandate. And you see it played out. I mean, look at our patriarchs in the book of of Genesis with Abraham being the original patriarch. He was drawn from a culture where it was idol worship and he was following a God he had, he did not know Mm -hmm. only through creation, really. I mean, understanding God through creation, Romans one. Um, but he, he began to follow this God and then teach his family about who God is. I love that. If you ever mention Abraham, how do you. What, what do you also say with his name? Father Abraham. Father Abraham, and then... Had many sons. Had many sons. So you either say Father Abraham and you sing the little kid's song, or you say uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's right. Why? Because the, the generations there that followed the same God, but it did start with Father Abraham. And I'm swinging my right arm right now. Right arm. <laughs> okay. But then you get this idea, and you start going through the history of the church, and, and really, families begin to lose this understanding that the man is going to lead the home well in, in family ministry and family discipleship and understanding who God is. Um, really, our workforce really changed this. And we're not going to go into a full description of this, but Industrial Revolution, all these different revolutions called the men out of the home. They started working long hours. And, and as you and I were talking just a minute ago, Jacob, this is how you and I really got our jobs. Yeah. Um, this was the responsibility of the home, the men within the home, the families within the home. Um, but when jobs started taking them and mo- removing them from that responsibility, well, then pastors took a role. Mm-hmm. Executive pastors took a role. Children's pastors, kids' pastors, student pastors took a role. So I was a, a youth pastor for 15 years, and I God put on my heart to train up parents and to to try. <laughs> we would, My wife and I would do a thing called uh, parent coffee talk mm. and we where we would offer resources do different topics once a month but over time it, it just dwindled uh, parents to be honest not taking discipleship seriously their family well now they feel like they hired the professionals right they? right and so i have a strong conviction that the parents should be the primary disciple mm. makers of amen. their kids amen not the youth pastor not the children's pastor not any pastor, uh, but the parents. And you know, and, and I know you'll say this because your previous roles and in coming into um, church, we see that a lot, that parents expect the hired pastor right. to make the difference in that one hour they may have uh, an exposure to the child. Mm-hmm. And it overrides the multiple hours that the parents are having with the child, yeah. that they're not reinforcing those same principles, biblical principles. Right. So the average churchgoer, if, so the average churchgoer just goes maybe one hour a week. Mm -hmm. So, and they might miss some vacations. And so how many hours do you think kids spend in Bible study or uh, listening to the word of God preached? 
it's I've heard it said uh, average churchgoers like forty hours. Really? Yeah. Um, uh, I think it was. There's a program called Orange. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they they had a visual of all of these ping pong balls, and that's and there was this huge container full of them, and there was a person standing next to it, and it like paled in comparison. But this little amount of time is is how much the the church has compared with how much time parents have every single right. day with their kids. So that's you know, um, but parents have relegated the duties to the pastors. Um, who barely have time with him as well. And I'll take that even a step further, because really the focus that you and I were talking about earlier, I believe this is the role the men have in the home. Right. They should Not, function as pastors of their family. And that's, yeah. we're going really way back, but there's a guy named Richard Baxter. Mm-hmm. And yep. that was one of the things he put in his writing. He would actually follow up after services and go to these homes to make sure the men were doing what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm showing up in the home. And he said, the, the, the husband is the pastor of his own congregation, yep. which is the home. But not only have we relegated it to the hired staff, but I think a lot of our men believe that's now the responsibility of their wife or grandparent or someone else, a teacher. Whether they believe it or not, that's what I see. That's how it's played out. Uh, women often are the, the spiritual leaders of, of the household. Why do you think that is? Um, I, I don't, I think it's because they're willing to step in that gap. Yeah. And take responsibility. And yeah. in, in my household growing up, my dad worked a whole lot, worked yeah. a lot of overtime. So they have more time usually. That's right. Yeah. And so my mom would be that person yeah. uh, to step in the gap and fill in those roles, um, especially as, and you'll know this, as your children are growing up, they go through different phases in life. Mm-hmm. Um, if your communication style doesn't change from when they're a preschooler all the way to a high schooler, then there's some adjustment that needs to be made. And I think moms do a really good job of, since they're there, of filling in that gap. Um, But especially as the kids grow older and what they uh, go through changes as well. Yeah. So that's some of the need there. The the family... Parents should be the primary disciple makers of their kids. So let's let's turn practical for this next half here. Let's do it. so what do you think the most quoted passage in the Bible is? I'll tell you what it was when I was in, in children's church. It was John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. I got a piece of candy every time. <laughs> What's the shortest verse? Actually, do you know that's not the shortest verse in the Bible? I did not. I went and looked at the Greek one time. Oh, no. And rejoice always has two less letters in the original language. Yeah. So trick you. No. no uh, we're, we're nerding out. <laughs> we're going Greek. What about John three sixteen? John 3.16, yeah. I mean, everyone knows that. Yeah. But as a kid, Jesus wept. But you know what the most quoted passage in all the Bible actually is? I do not. It's in Deuteronomy 6. It's called the Shema. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so it's quoted. It's... it's kind of a trick question because the Jews quote this regularly. There you go. So that's why. But but here's what it says. And and there's a reason why the the Jews uh, quote it and we should have it memorized and... But Deuteronomy 6, starting at verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. But here's what it says in verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And here's some practical how you do it. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. 
You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Amen. And it goes on. I encourage you to read further. Um, but that shows us some how to practically live out family discipleship. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about family worship in a minute, but could you uh, you drive about 30 minutes yes. to drop off your daughter yes. to school? I've heard you talk about the time you enjoy with her. That's Absolutely. While you, not while you walk on the way. <laughs> they didn't yeah. have cars. That, they probably would say while you drive on your commute. Um, tell me a little about how you seek intentionality and discipleship in ways of life moments. Absolutely. And, and I'll give you two because that's the primary that I have with, with my daughter. And, and that's every morning um, and picking her up and, and, and dropping her off. There's two different ways. One, we'll just talk about things going on in life. You know, who are your friends? What's wh- Who are you talking with right now? Are they good influences on you? What makes them a good influence? What makes them a bad influence? Um, but the other thing that she likes to do is she likes to DJ. That's her responsibility. She DJs in the truck on the way there. She's probably better at that than you. According to her, she oh, is. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> now, we have two different playlists. But I think a lot of the questions she's asking me now as she's growing in the faith is, Dad, do you like this song? And my question to her every time is listen to the lyrics. What are the lyrics talking about? Are they giving high praise to Jesus Christ and to our condition? Or is the praise more towards us? Yeah. And, and I think, Jacob, we have gotten into this K-Love, um, all these other different programmic uh, radio stations that calls, and, and this Christian music. But we we look at that as that's the only venue for Christian music. Mm-hmm. And, and we should meet, meet and match that. Mm-hmm. Um, Which we, we will have an episode on that topic at yeah. a later time. Right, so, yeah. right. And, and But that's that's our conversation. Yeah. So every time she's like, what about this song? I'm like, well, listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Or I'll say, how about you play this song? Now listen to the yeah. lyrics. So that's part of it. The other part that I'll do is um, at night, we meet around a dinner table. Mm-hmm. We intentionally sit down around the dinner table. That's getting harder. Uh, my son is older now. His schedule is changing. So he's a senior in high school. He's a senior in high school. Yeah. Um, but we intentionally sit at the dinner table uh, and we talk to one another, again, about our day. Uh, we bring you know the good parts of the day, the bad parts of the day. We discuss those things out, but we add biblical principles to that mm-hmm. to let them understand not only do your mom and dad go to church, you don't inherit our faith, but we really do believe this. Right. That comment right there made an impact on my brother years ago. Yeah. He actually looked at my mom one time and he said, you really believe hmm. this? And my mom said, yeah. If you don't see, if the kids, your kids don't see it lived out in their, their own house, hmm. um, they'll grow up seeing hypo, hypocrite. And, and that, that burns them more than... Uh, just about anything. It is. And and, and, and and I'll say this. You do a great job. This is not promote Jacob Day, but this <laughs> is, you do a great job of really preaching the full word. Um, there are parts in Scripture that are very difficult to teach. Mm-hmm. But once they step out into the world, they realize this world is very difficult. Right. And if they don't have those biblical principles, if they don't hear the full gospel, if they don't hear the full truth, they'll begin to question it as well as they do what they were taught in the house. Yeah. So it's it, family discipleship is being honest more than yeah. anything and having a plan. So um, we do something similar. I'll mm-hmm. share some of how we intentionally seek to to disciple within our family. It's not just make disciples of our kids, but us, my wife and I seeking to be disciples ourselves. 
um, there's really two ways we intentionally do it. You mentioned the dinner table. Mm-hmm. So at the dinner table, we will have some sort of devotional book that's geared towards kids. Um, and before we get up, after we eat, we, we read through that. And it usually has a question at the end. We'll give some of those some of those resources. There's some really good books. Everyone a child should know. Everything a child should know. There's different things. Um, it, it talks about people of church history. Mm-hmm. Um, Louis Giglio has a good book called Indescribable, and it's yes. science and God. And it, there's some really good books for that sort of context. That's right. We've gone through a lot of those, and so we'll read that together and we'll praise a family. So that's one intentional we do at, at dinner. But our our most important discipleship time is our family worship time. Yes. And so we do that before bed as a family. We don't we don't miss it. Period. Um, so how we do it, we start off by um, we start off by singing a song. Most often it's doxology. Praise yes. God from whom all blessings flow. Um, we will pray. Actually, no, we start by reading. That's our first one. Yep. Uh, there's several storybook Bibles. We've gone through just about all of them. Um, of course, Sally Lloyd-Jones, the Jesus Storybook Bible is incredible. If you want another top-notch one, um, the Gospel Story Bible by Marty Machowski. You can read one by Kevin DeYoung called um, The Biggest Story. Uh, there's a lot of really good story Bibles. But you and your wife also provided a resource for children as well. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, we we seek to to do that. Uh, I'm into apologetics, you know. So we, my wife and I, did write a children's book for for young kids on the cosmological argument for God's existence. <laughs> it's called Uncreated God, but and there's parent section at the back so they can understand and answer questions. Um, we do have plans for more, but they haven't happened yet. But um, so we we seek to get into the Word as a family. Um, then we sing doxology. We have a time of prayer, so different people have different nights where they say their own prayers, and when it's not a scheduled night, we do the Lord's Prayer together, and then we spend time memorizing Scripture good. as a family, and it's um, we go a little bit at a time, and we, so we have, of course, our, our one-year-old can't do it, but our five-year-old, eight-year-old, um, and my wife and I, we're memorizing Scripture together. That's we amazing. Do, yeah, and we'll, we've we memorized whole chapters of books of the Bible that way as a family. Psalm 23, we've done, we've memorized the Shema, what I told you, um, the Beatitudes, the uh, Romans 8. Um, I, I have forgotten more of <laughs> what we've even memorized than what, um, but it's all together. And so we're seeking Christ and growing in our faith together as a family. That's amazing. So that family worship time is the most important time for us. And you're growing together. Mm-hmm. And you're modeling it. They're seeing it. Um, you're living this out. There's the the scripture, you train up a child in the way they should go and they'll never depart from mm-hmm. it. And we hold on to that sometimes and yeah. we hope that whatever we put into their life. But I think the biggest part that you're showing us this morning requires intentionality. Yeah. And I'll say this. Um, it. Our kids don't, we have little kids, they don't sit still and they don't always listen. They are always running around um, and we have to say, stop, listen, say this, do this. <laughs> Brother, I have teenagers and they do the same thing. So so just because we're saying these things and offering um, these models of what, what we do, um, just know it's not easy. <laughs> it's but, not. 
but it matters. It, it does. And, and, and again, it goes back to intentionality. And we're talking about children, but there are people that are listening to us right now that their children are out of the house. Right. Or there may be a single mother and like, I don't have a father in this house. Well, the responsibility then is upon them right. uh, to carry that load Absolutely. and continue to carry that load. But it's also the church's responsibility to partner with them and mm-hmm. be a family and do so. Um, again, you said there's several resources that we have. There's a couple I'd like to mention if yeah. you're okay. You can go out online to our website. Um, they're broken down by age groups on there. But Stuart Scott wrote a book called The Exemplary Husband. It's a great study. It's an actual Bible study uh, book that you can use and part of a men's group that you can grow to be an exemplary husband. There's a companion piece called from Martha Peace called The Excellent Wife. So the exemplary husband, the excellent wife. But it's really training up individuals based off roles and what their responsibilities are. Um, there's some books out there by Vody Bauckham that's amazing. Um, there's one that... I am reading right now or have it on my list because I do have a daughter and this book is what he must be if he wants to marry my daughter. Hmm. This is something I'm training her. Um, She's at the age where she's dating right now or looking to start dating and and really training her to say, these are the men you should be looking for. That's good. Yeah. That's family discipleship. It is. It it is. And it's not easy Yeah, because what she sees is something (laughs) different than what I see. Or even my son, um, Hey, she, he is dating a wonderful girl right now. Love her and would not have picked a better person for mm-hmm. him. Uh, I think that's what he sees modeled and that's what he ends up looking for and yeah. and um, uh, someone he wants to date. Yeah. And again, this this girl is amazing. And I, again, I couldn't have picked a better better person for him. But I believe it's he sees this modeled in the home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's good. There's a lot more we could... Oh, man. could discuss on this topic. It's almost but, like this needs to be a two-part episode. Right. But what matters most is intentionality mm. from the mother and especially from the father, um, but intentionality in pointing out God in everyday life, whether you're, you're driving down the road or you see part of his creation, even just the simple phrase, God created that. Isn't he good? You know, setting our gaze and our children's gaze, and our own gaze uh, upward. That's right. right? Um, but also that intentionality to be in the Word, to pray together, memorize Scripture together, to grow together as a family. Family discipleship isn't just parents teaching kids, but it's all us all following Jesus together. And to add to that, we dedicate our children, and we say as a church we're going to come around these families and we're going to help raise up the, just exactly what you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's an intentionality. So it, this is not only on the individual house, this is in our churches as well. And in really what you're saying is in order to build up the church, to be the church that God has designed it to be, to be a healthy church. Mm-hmm. We realize this is important where we don't put our money, where our mouth is, is when we don't step up to the plate and yeah. we don't take on those roles. Right. Uh, both in the house and in the church. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So um, we're, we're grateful you tuned in to this uh, episode of First Word Podcast where we discuss family discipleship uh, briefly. It's an important topic. Um, but if you want to look at some of these resources, go to fbcportland.org slash family discipleship. And we look forward to you tuning in to episode three. This is Jacob. This is David. God bless you.